0: What's up folks and welcome back to the Pause Ryan Play podcast. A place for movies, a place for friends, and a place for you. But <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was dope. Just like please like, <laughs> made that up on the spot. I just, just... <laughs> made it up on the spot. But anyway, we're back. We're here. We're uh we're hanging out, we're talking movies, and we're we're stoked. We're stoked to be here. Um, so we hope you are too. As you can tell from the title, we're talking about a quiet place. John Krasinski's masterpiece. I know there are other people that helped to make it, but freaking john krasinski but anyhow it's been a minute since we've been talking so we got the regular cast here we got vince and josh and uh vince how you been man
1: i'm good Uh, i'm hanging in there nothing exciting really is going
0: on that's exactly what it sounded like when you responded i'm here
1: i'm here (laughs) you doing good though yeah um i guess uh no, yeah, there's, like, really nothing nothing, off the top of my head.
0: So, I know, like, not to get controversial or anything here, but you're going to be able to go boating this year. That's something no, that you probably not. love to do, and we talk about every summer.
1: So, the lake that we used usually go to back home where we grew up is basically empty already. Like, the, the summer hasn't even started, and it's already empty. Yeah. We're in, like, a super drought here. Like, it's so bad. So, that probably won't happen at all, and if that – if that lake is already empty, then the other one, we our backup late is, lake is probably really low. So we might get a trip out to like Lake Powell yeah. this year at some point. I think my family has like a big trip planned to Lake Powell at some point. But other than that, I don't think it's really going to happen. I think it's going to be a pretty dry year, summer full of hiking, I guess. Maybe go swim in those mountain lakes.
0: Yeah, you got to do the polar plunges into the mountain lakes. Polar plunges. <laughs> I feel you, man. I feel you. Josh, how are you, man? I'm good. Um, just been hanging
2: out lately. A lot of work, a lot of craziness. My aunt and cousins, they did just get a couple of new Labrador puppies. Shout out to those cute dogs. Oh, my goodness. Ooh. They are gorgeous. I have visited them. They got them um, two days ago. Um three days ago i don't know something like that and i've already visited them twice and love like every minute of it because they live just up the road from me luckily so it's like it's a it's a weird balance because on one hand i visit these puppies and it like it it cures like my puppy fever you know of like loving the dogs and whatever but then on the other hand i see and i play with these puppies and i'm like oh my gosh like but i want another one you know (laughs) like so i'll have to i'll have to keep visiting them a lot to sort of tie tie that over but you know besides that nothing much just been hanging out watching tv walking my dog the
0: normal the important stuff in life obviously what about you case i've been keeping it chill doing housework yard work finishing up them projects that kind of went on hold when i was (sighs) doing school you know like just 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 that kind of stuff um
1: y'all uh finished up on school
0: just yes, yes, I did it. I passed all my classes, nice. I got two a's and a D plus. <laughs> Still and I, I'm really proud of that D plus like I don't care who you are a D plus is passing it if is. your department says it's passing and guess what the allegedly C's and D's get you degrees but also the people who get A's and B's will work for you eventually so who knows maybe when I hit 60 I'll uh, be the boss
1: <laughs> yeah they're not looking at the grades specifically they're just making sure you have a degree
0: yeah that's, that's all I want is that piece of paper because I've been I've actually like this is kind of crazy and like it's funny because I have a lot of skills skills to pay the bills you know but i've been like rejected because like oh you have great experience but like you don't have your degree finished and i'm like i do that on my own time outside of work it's not a big deal and people are like nope so i don't know but i've actually started learning ux because that's kind of been my interest these days awesome so yeah but uh also i had never read the hunger games books i don't know if you have i Mm -hmm. i never Mm -hmm. have So, I bought the audiobooks and have listened to two and a half books in six days. Nice. And there's cool stuff in the books that isn't in the movies, for sure. And that's what happens all the time. We know that. But that's been fun. That's been a big part of my thing. And then I watched all of Ted Lasso this week. So, that's where I'm at in life. Ted Lasso is great. Good recommendation, Vince. I told
1: you it was great. It's just such a happy show. It's so optimistic. I love it. Ted Lasso is just the most optimistic Man in the world, but
0: there's also some heavy stuff covered. There it is. It. There That's is. what's wild is I was that, like not expecting some things.
1: Yeah, like it gets serious, but just like this, this Ted Lasso is just going through like a hard time, and he just does it all with a smile. And it just,
0: I, I just want to be
1: like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> want to be able to go through the hard times and just do it with a smile and still give people cookies.
0: Yeah, yeah. Special, special biscuits, man. Special biscuits. <laughs> But anyhow, uh, do you guys have any noteworthy movie stuff you've been watching, doing anything like that?
2: Um, I finally started, after multiple people have asked me to, I finally started uh, The Handmaid's Tale. And I'm in the second season, and I'm digging it super hard right now. The only bad thing is that since I'm, like, binging it pretty fast, is I thought that I would, like, slowly binge it. And so then I would catch up. Because the fourth season's happening right now, and they release episodes, like, each week, right? they're still, like, towards, like, the beginning half of the season. It's, like, episode five or six right now or something, and they usually do, like, 10 to 13 or something. Depends. Um, But I'm going a lot faster than I thought I would, so I'll probably catch up and then have to play that waiting game each week, which I don't dig.
0: It kind of sucks. My (laughs) wife, like, so Allie and I, we actually were, like, all caught up except we had to stop after I think week four or five. Like we were just like, this was heavy. And I so hear it. it's getting crazy. Like, it's it's wild. They're not, I don't want to like go, but like what a heavy show, what a good show and what a wild world they live in. It's kind of, it's just kind of nuts.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Uh, mostly just that for me. And then I'm just looking forward to a lot of stuff that's coming up. I don't know why, probably because it got moved or something. But me and my friend, uh, who who's moving to Texas, Cade, we've had on the podcast before. Um, we both thought for some reason that uh, Black Widow was supposed to come out May seventh because I think it was at one point before it got moved. And at we one were like, point it was. We were like planning on watching it together. And then when I went to look up stuff about it, it's like July 9th, And I'm like, what is this garbage? Like, what is this bull crap? So.
1: I got pushed back a lot.
2: Looking forward to that one. And then obviously the, the reason why we're doing today's movie is A Quiet Place Part 2 comes out in two weeks.
1: Is that going to be a in theaters only?
2: In theaters
0: only. I'm down. Back to the movies. Well, here's the question. Are they going to do it in theaters only for like 45 days like a lot of things? Or is it just going to be a definite in theaters only? I think that they're going to do a solid run in theaters. I think this is a
2: big movie to try to get people back in theaters. And it's the experience that John Krasinski wants. Cause I mean, you guys remember like not to get into the movie too far already. Cause, but like you guys remember like watching this movie in the theater, it really was like experience. Like Casey was talking to me cause we just watched it here before this, uh, before we started the podcast, Casey was talking to me about when we went and saw it at the theater And he had, like, popcorn or something. I was eating. Eating any food, you're like, it's crazy. That theater experience is just something else, and it's really what they want. It's really what they're going for. I think they had this movie all but ready last year, but they didn't want to release it any other way but in a theater. So if you have any means necessary and if it's safe, see it in the theater because that's how it's meant to be experienced, and it puts it on a whole nother level like we've talked a lot in the podcast about how movie theaters are changing how it will change after all of the pandemic with streaming services and everything that's going on there will still be some things that it's just better to experience that way so i'd say go do it
0: 100 percent, i agree with you because that's just such a difference of experience like we watch the movie here at the house and like my tv is fine the sound of my tv is fine
1: oh guys that's something. I got a new soundbar. That's something new. So I decided to go. So my, my old soundbar was giving me issues. Um, when I was watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier, whenever um, the guy who plays the Falcon talks, he has a really deep voice, and it would make it like rumble the soundbar weird. So I went and bought a new one that's got the Atmos built into it. It's a Vizio, so it's not one of the super expensive ones, but it's... It, it, was expensive for me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was it sounded great with this movie like like between this and some of the action movies that i put in that surround sound i don't i don't know if the atmos and that might be like a cool thing about it is like the atmos is so good that you can't tell or whatever because it's like you're in the experience but i didn't realize how bad my old sound bar was until <laughs> i got this one it sounds great so if you guys want a recommendation it's a really nice sound we should
0: we should get on like what is it like prime partners or whatever and like put a link in our bio some yeah. people go look at it yeah. we make some money off that dude i've actually i've actually wanted to bring this up for a few times i'm gonna have to eat crow on this and uh take back what i said about building a home theater system like i really want to get a surround sound system now
1: it's worth it i spend a lot of time in front of my tv so i want the best experience i can have
0: well that's what i've been thinking about too because like i half the time i'll even put in my headphones like put on my like nice over the ear headphones and Mm -hmm. just listen to movies that way because the sound is so much better and like you can hear the details and i don't know I, i i think i want to get like Surround sound and sound bar. Like, I've been thinking about a lot.
1: I'll send you the link to this one. You can decide oh, yeah. if you want you it. You're going right.
0: to get some kickback on that?
1: <laughs> on what? <laughs> You're
0: going to no, get that, that extra cash <laughs> that from extra recommending <laughs> it? That's what I was saying. Oh, like, hey. If you send me the link, or you like. <laughs> What's that like, called? No, I code. Wish. Promo code in Vince Amazon. in the stores. Yeah, <laughs> it'll
1: just be a Best Buy or Amazon link. It'll be yeah. nothing. Perfect. Well, but, a lot you of you know, times. there's a finder's fee. <laughs> <things>. uh, <laughs> I
0: will send you four no. Shiba coins. Nothing. There's How
1: dare you support the thing that's being promoted as the Doge killer? <laughs>
0: Listen, I'm just making sure that my portfolio is rounded, so if by chance the world shines upon me, my there $8 investment would repay <laughs> back greatly. But anyhow, we need to get back on track. Where were we?
1: Well, I got, I've got, i got a couple movies that I watched that need a shout-out. Okay. Um, The first one, Mortal Kombat came out. Did either of you guys watch Mortal Kombat?
0: No. no, but I wanted
1: really? to, and I need to know how it was. Why didn't either of you watch Mortal Kombat? It's Mortal Kombat.
2: I never played Mortal Kombat as a kid growing up. You know, you probably never
1: saw the original movie too. Either. Oh, I didn't know that there was original. Oh, there's there's two. There's one like 90s movies. Okay.
2: I had no clue.
0: Back to back 90s movies. Well, what's your
1: excuse then?
0: Can I be honest with you? Yeah. Just laziness.
1: All you <laughs> have to like, do is lay down and <laughs> keep your eyes open. <laughs> but
0: here's That's the, thing. the hard part. <laughs> when Josh came over today, I was trying <laughs> to watch one specific section of the Extremely Goofy movie, and I fell asleep.
1: <laughs> All right, well. My... I'm just lazy. It, it's okay. It's not an amazing movie, but it's entertaining enough. So you know, if you want to watch it, it's 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 there.
2: Is that one of those that will only be on HBO Max for a little bit and then yeah, go off?
1: i I'm pretty sure. I don't know how long it's gonna be there, but it's yeah, it's one that's supposed to go to theaters. But it's it's entertaining, especially if you're like a Mortal Kombat video game fan. If you grew up playing it, there's a lot a lot of references to the to the game. Or even just to, like, the way people played the game. There's references to even that. So I don't know if you'll really appreciate it then, Josh. But the action's decent. It's really gory. It's fun. Sounds That's like cool.
0: everything I want in the movie, actually. Yeah. That's So I was actually talking to some people today. Um, and they were, like, talking about what I – Oh, gosh, I keep making a mess. I'm saying – I'm podcasting off a trash can, guys, because I want to sit on the floor. Um, but anyhow, we're talking about movies and just kind of, like, why I like talking about movies, right? And I was like, the thing is, is, like, within our podcast, you know, we each bring different strengths and different, like, enjoyable things about the film, you know? Like, some of us like the details and how it was built, like, that kind of stuff. The soundtracks, we can all appreciate that kind of stuff. But I'm just like, I'm like the guy who's just like, I love the movie and the story and the gory action. Like, nothing else. That's why I enjoy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That gives me a lot of bad credentials, but no man, uh, you're the everyday, I, you're the
1: everyday guy. Yeah,
0: I'm like, I'm just like your average Joe for once in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, there's one movie that you guys have to put on your list and watch it um, because I absolutely loved, loved, loved this movie so much. It's on Netflix. Just dropped like two weeks ago. It's by uh the uh famous Lord and Miller who did The Lego Movie and Into the Spider-Verse and Cloudy with a Chance of Balls?
0: Oh, that's a classic.
1: They just released a movie on Netflix that is one of my favorite movies, I think, now. Like, I would say one of my favorite animated movies. Have you guys heard of The Mitchells vs. The Machines?
2: I've seen, like, no. a million trailers. It's blowing up on Netflix right now.
1: It's so good. It's so funny. The animation is incredible. They, you know how in Into the Spider-Verse they kind of like had their own animation style of 3D mixed with 2D. It's just uh, an evolution on that in this one. It just, it looks awesome. It's all in 3D, but they have like 2D animations like drawn over the top. It's over the top, silly meme jokes. It kind of reminded me of like um, Pixar mixed with like Scott Pilgrim versus the world or something. You know, just, just like, it's just fun. You just
0: lifted up your skirt and showed me them ankles, and here I am, ready to watch this now.
1: <laughs> check it out. It's It's got a great message, um, great voice actors. Like I said, it's just visually pleasing to look at, and it's just funny. It has a pug in it. The pug is just every time. I thought the pug would get old after a while. The pug jokes. No, it's funny every single time. So check that one out if you haven't.
0: All right. Done. Listed. You got it.
1: Yeah. Watch that one before you watch Mortal Kombat. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Mortal Kombat will be gone first, watch Mitchell's versus the Machines first. <laughs> All
0: uh, right, well we well watch watch uh watch watch that. Then watch Mortal Kombat. Did you say what you've been watching, Case? I've watched some Ted Lasso, watched some Mad Men. <clears throat> no more Bald and Bankrupt for me for a minute. Um mm-hmm. Uh what, what what am I watching? We watched the Hunger Games and that's what sparked me. Speed reading through the audiobooks, speed listening, whatever you want to call it, 1.5 speed, baby. Um, but other than that, nothing. I've been just mostly dedicated to that and doing stuff around the house. So nice. Been a busy week. What about right. you?
2: Uh, I think we already did me, so I think we're at everyone, right? I feel like a skip because I then. I just did *A Handmaid's Tale* and mm-hmm. nothing else. Kind of rewatching *Community*, but that's always. All right, right guys. Now.
0: I really need to know. So. You guys have been trying to get me to watch Community for a while now. Is it really that I should watch Community because it's, like, a quality series, or is it because you have nostalgia and love for it? No, it's a quality series. It's a quality series. So, like, obviously,
2: every list of any kind that will ever be made of a lot of things will be objective, depending on the people, but... The Rolling Stones made a list of, like, the top 100, like, sitcoms of all time. And, like, Friends and How I Met Your Mother and The Big Bang Theory and stuff, they all came in, like, in, like, 90s, 80s, 70s and stuff like that, blah, blah, blah. Community was in, like, the 20s or 30s, if I remember correctly. Okay. For, like, the top 100 of all time. And it's, like, it's just an extremely meta series of, like, characters, like, in the show, like indirectly obviously indirectly obviously referencing the fact that they're in a tv show um but it still just just tell their stories and then after like what after like the first season it kind of not all the way but kind of stops like trying to tell a very linear story and it just makes each episode a meta reference to some film or like an homage
1: homage yeah like to Star Wars or to Alien or a zombie movie or Secret Garden or just like everything you can think of. Like, sorry, it's, it's so creative and it's written by Dan Harmon, the guy who does Rick and Morty. So, so
2: it's worthy of a watch. It's worthy of a watch. I mean, the cast is stellar. Like, you can hate Chevy Chase as much as you want. He's still hilarious. he's still one of my favorite characters.
0: Chevy in the Chase, show. as yeah. problematic as Chevy Chase is, is still a comedian and still funny, and you will laugh at his performances right yeah.
2: and you can hate him but that's like what he's meant to do a lot of times yes yeah. he kind of plays the bad guy in that show allison a lot. brie Yvette so allison brie
0: couldn't be in mad men more because she was too busy in community i found out yeah. the other day and then i was like well maybe i should give it more of a thought that's really what yep. brought this up was mad men
2: and donald glover man do do danny do, putty do, do, sorry do, do, i gotta do. say all of them now you know ken yeah. shaw just that entire cast is just completely amazing. And even the side characters who literally exist throughout the entire show, like, they have their hilarious moments. And it's also so meta because, like, what is it, in the sixth season? Yeah, it is, because that's when uh Patrick Brewster shows up. When, like, the side characters, it's, like, Vicky and that, that guy with the afro the, on, like, the crisis episode with the, with the dog.
1: The guy with the afro?
2: Uh, Yeah. So I think he was... I don't remember that one. I think he was like the rollerblading one. But then later on, he's in the series and Vicky and him are talking and they're like, why do they need all of this stuff from us at 5 a.m.? And she's like, you know how it is with these ones. We'll be lucky if we get two words in before and then they cut in and start talking or something. (laughs) Because they're this. Oh, my goodness. Them, Garrett. Like, I could talk about community Uh, all day. You know me. Like, we should probably
0: (laughs) focus back. So maybe here's what I'll do. I will watch the first season before our next podcast and then I'll return and report. That's that's my that's my uh, promise to that's you guys. A deal. If you
2: want to like stop ever, I'd be totally fine with that. But if you make it through the first two and a half to three seasons, I would be happy. Because season four kind of crazy and weird, um, and then season five and season six sort of get back on track. But I'd say they're definitely not like the first seasons. Yeah. They're a lot shorter and like it just kind of changed a lot of the vibe, but those first three seasons are some of the most gold comedy that ever has existed on the face of this planet. It's incredible.
0: All right. I accept I accept your explanations and your reasoning and I commit to taking a gander into it next time we meet I together. Know. And I'll, I'll
2: commit to when i get caught up on the handmaid's tale watch letter kenny so i can talk about it with you. oh guys.
0: gosh yes we need to do it pitter patter let's do it come on now <laughs> let's do it pitter patter no um all right cool well let's let's talk about the film we are here to talk about a quiet place in which i'm gonna tone my voice down now and talk very quietly because we can't make a sound psych just kidding i'm in the safe world but anyhow uh, a quiet place is a twenty yeah. what eighteen.
2: eighteen film. My number one film of twenty eighteen. That's what he says. Vince got the movie so, uh, info. Yeah, I
1: got the info here. Perfect. So this movie came out April 6, thousand eighteen, directed by John Trusin- Wow. Directed by John Krasinski, written by Brian Woods and Scott Beck. It had a budget of seventeen million dollars and it grossed over three hundred and forty million. It was really close to the three hundred and forty one million mark. Critics gave it a ninety six percent and audiences have given it eighty two percent. Um I and that's on Rotten Tomatoes or uh Flickster, Rotten Tomatoes. IMDB gave it a seven point five, which I was surprised that it was kinda low, like for IMDB on, with a seven point five. Expected it with especially like the critic and the audience score over on Rotten Tomatoes being as high as they are. I thought it would be higher on IMDb, but it's
2: like an eight, man. Come mm-hmm.
1: on. Um starring Emily Blunt as Evelyn abbott john krasinski as lee abbott millicent simmons as regent regan abbott and noah Jupp as marcus abbott correct me if i'm wrong but millicent simmons utah native
0: right
2: Is yes from draper i believe question mark i read a thing about it the other
0: day her address is no i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) she lives up by the aquarium (laughs) (laughs) i don't know but yes you're correct she's pretty
1: cool pretty cool that we have some connection to uh
0: to the
2: in and actress which obviously i mean obviously we're doing this film because the second one is coming out and maybe casey and vince but i at least am crazy super hyped for this second movie just because i loved the first one so much and i'm just super excited um so in case you didn't know from the first one or if you haven't watched i guess number one please like go watch the movie first and listen to the podcast because it's an amazing film that while I love the content we put out, I think that that movie might deserve your attention a little bit more first. And then you can come listen to our reactions about said amazing film. Um, and then, yeah, you know, so uh, she, Millicent Simmons plays the daughter who is deaf, right? And she is a real deaf actress. She uh, and they, it's what they were looking for for the film. They wanted to cast someone who knew sign language and was be- believable in that role. Until they decided to try and find an actress who was actually deaf, and I think they hit it on the head with her.
0: And I think that's awesome. As a person who like looks for representation in movies, I do it all the time. Uh, for people who are deaf, I think it's cool to see someone come into the spotlight and to especially like not just like some sort of like low-budget film that went nowhere but to a film that blew up and that uh, she stands so tall as the character and yeah it's believable scary it's it makes you wonder about the world the way that they sounded this whole film like it stands so beautifully like they did great
2: and not even just that she was in it she was incredible
1: yeah, she in did this great. movie
2: she won i believe a couple of awards for like best like young actor actress like in a film, I believe there's like a, it's either a golden globe or something else that has an award that's like that. And she won for that year. And I thought it was incredibly well-deserved. She's amazing. Her oh, portrayal.
0: totally. I agree. And i uh, sorry. I don't want to just downplay her because she's like a like, what do you want to call it? Like a charity hire, <laughs> for instance. Like right. she's a great actress. So please don't let me just be like, oh, we need people because they are this. She earned her spot know. and has earned her keep. She's great. I'm
1: impressed with the entire cast of the movie. Uh all five. Yeah, exactly. It's a very small, small cast. It's a very small movie, like in general, you know, and that's kinda what I'm worried about with the, the sequel. I'm kinda worried I mean it's it works in the past. You have Alien that's more of a small movie, and then there's Alien Two that's like leans into the action movie. So they could do something in the in the sequel with this. But what I love the most about this movie is just how small scale everything is. And like I said, the actors are just incredible. They, they made me care about this family of four five. How many are there? Four.
0: Uh, four at the beginning.
2: Six total over time. But. Oh
0: yeah. yeah.
1: But they made me care about this family without the use of really almost any dialogue. It's all, I mean, they have subtitles, but most of it is just, you know, experiencing this story through, the eyes and the feelings of of the actors that are portraying them you know um john krasinski even, even the kid the the little brother like was very believable the way that he portrayed being scared you know not wanting to leave the house the moment out of the river with with uh his dad and how terrified he was you know you just see it in his face like that even that kid did such a good job um and that's what i was most impressed with the with the movie is just like they made me care so much about this family in like 40 minutes because the first 40 minutes is all just kind of you have that initial you know we're into spoilers here you have the initial death of the son and then after that you're just getting like character development and world building and figuring out kind of what's going on and how you know how they're dealing with these problems and then about what halfway through the movie it doesn't waste any time and gets right to the Action, the horror, the scary stuff. And within that forty minutes, you're just connected to this family and everything that's going on and just care about them and want them the best for them. Exactly.
2: Um, I want to talk a little bit more later about like what we're thinking about with the second one coming out and what we hope and what we think will be different and stuff. But that's one of the definitely the biggest things is I was talking to Casey about this, is I like how like closed circuit they made this movie because the movie while it's in an insane situation, it's not about like what's happening to the world right now. It's about what's happening to this family in this situation with all of this happening. And so they really made it close. They just dropped you in the middle. They didn't give you the information about like how this really came about other than some newspaper articles, you know, going by on the screen, they drop you into the situation. They let you know what the, the animal aliens are, what they do. And then they just like let you go they give you the family and they make you care about them, like you said and gets into the action uh so yeah so just the fact that the world was so small and just focused on this family and not about the outside world and everything else that was happening it was literally only focused in on their story with them the mom being pregnant and their other son passing away and the daughter and john krasinski dealing with that in their own different ways and their personal relationship growing over the course of this film And we already said we're in spoilers, you know, the dad, the father's death at the end and what it meant for the family and him being able to talk to his daughter in a way that he probably hadn't for a while. Um, Just I love that it was so internally focused while still being a thrilling ride like of a film. And we'll talk, I'm sure, in just a bit about like the sound and the way that they use silence and everything. But just like I love that they kept it so... I'll just say closed circuit again because I can't think of another way to say it. They just kept it like this. But then, like I said, I'll talk about it later. But, like, the second movie, the first movie, even though I love that it stayed within there, it did leave me wondering, like, what else is happening in the world? You know, obviously, like, there are other people, like we saw the old man and stuff that have survived this long and stuff. What else is going on? And also, how did this come to be? And from the trailers, we're going to see both of those in the second movie.
1: So. so is the second one going to be a prequel or uh, it's, it's, like it's a, a sequel, but it's right? got I a think it's prequel a com- moment. I think right? it's
2: got prequel moments. Cause you see like John Krasinski, and, like people are watching TV as it's like breaking out or whatever is happening. Um, so I think there's like moments where it flashes back, but I think the main action will be posterior. Okay. It'll be after the, the events of the film. Cause you see Emily Bunt with the baby and that's when Cillian Murphy and – what's his name? Uh, Noah the, No. The guy who is in Guardians of the Galaxy, the very beginning. I can't say
0: his name. Diamond? I don't
2: know. I don't know. Uh, so the guy in – I don't think I've watched This that guy right here. Since. Oh, okay. Yeah, who has, like, the he has a, the really, like, bright eyes. Yes. And he does in real life too, right? Because I know in Guardians of the Galaxy he has, like, some, like, white contacts or something. Yeah.
1: St- It'll be interesting to see what they do with it cuz like I said I just I agree with everything you said. I love how small scale and personal this movie is. And I worry that a franchise can be ruined based on screwing up the sequels, you know? I mean, how many franchises have we seen this happen with, you know? Like a, a good horror movie comes out and they make a ton of money and they're like, "Let's let's go bigger. It can only get better and we can only make more money if we go bigger." And then it just drops the ball and it makes the, the sequel kind of suffers, but or the, the original kind of suffers because they add stuff answers to things that you don't really want the answers to you kind of, cause kind of the mystery is kind of the fun of it. You can kind of fill those gaps in yourself. Um, I mean these monsters that they introduced in this movie, I, I assume they're aliens or something. I don't really know, but Holy crap. I loved them. Like the, the, the design of these monsters is just so good, you know, and the the idea of the the thing that makes them the strongest is actually also their weakness, you know, is such a cool idea, but I really, I, I, I guess I keep coming back to the Alien franchise. This is where it worked, you know? If I would have saw the original Alien franchise, I probably would be saying the same thing, you know? I don't want to see the xenomorph, I don't want it to turn into an action movie with a million xenomorphs walk, r- chasing them down. But they made it work, and they made that section, that second one, really, really good. I say the same thing about these monsters, where I'm like, I don't really want to see them as, you know, a horde coming running in, but maybe I do. I don't really know. I'm, actually I'm so worried. How is many the problem. there
0: are? Because like these species, based off what I read on the forums, right? Like, who knows if this is true? But like these are like super beings. There, there's nothing. F- there's no frills on them. They have. These arms that are knives built in—they can cut through metal and everything. They can run like miles in in seconds at a time. They're super fast. And then on top of it, they just honing systems. They can swim. Dude, the swimming part is the scariest yeah. part of uh, that for me. Like the thing, like
2: that's freaky. Like
0: probably down there, like hunting fish. I don't know. It's wild.
1: So, what do you want from a sequel, Casey? Yeah. It would would you want them to lean into the action aspect, like an Alien Two, or do you want them to continue with a, kind of a small scale family story, like the like? What if I want a size? quiet place, mid-sized one?
0: version of this? What like, would that be? I don't quite want a full van. I want that you know minivan. So let's just say, like, right? We st- we had like five characters, pretty much the whole film, right?
1: Is there any is there any movies like that you can think of that would be comparable, like a Twenty Eight Days Later, maybe?
0: Twenty Eight Days Later, maybe, or maybe like something like. Hidden Cillian Murphy again there. Sorry. Yeah. Like Prometheus where you have – so it's like similar to Alien, right? Like you just have like – because in Prometheus it starts out with like 25 characters in it.
1: I would argue Prometheus is way bigger though. Why? Uh, Just in scale. Like there's just so much more going on. Well, I I guess there is a lot more
0: going on, but I'm saying like – Let's just say I want a 100-mile radius of action going on. Like, they have to get from point A to point B to relay some information type thing on. Here's this cochlear implant that Lee fixed for us, and it actually destroys the hearing of the animal, and we can pop one off, and that's where Cillian Murphy comes in and takes off, and we don't see him anymore.
2: So I think, for me, what I would like is... I would like, because, you know, I love... Cillian Murphy and I want him to be like a decent like part of this movie and I want him to sort of provide background and give us information as to what's like going on with the world and just sort of broaden the horizons that way and like give us information and maybe the key piece of information because they've been talking about like where she's like there's people they need to be saved and he's like you can't save them and stuff blah blah and so like he kind of like gives them that information that may lead them on like the main like quest or just like adventure part of the movie like with whatever they're doing but I think when it comes down to it I want the big action or final like action sequences to be like her and the kids like the family like fighting the monsters and I don't even mind if like Cillian Murphy's there but I want it to come down to the family protecting each other and doing their thing and or maybe like saving other people but I want it to still be so focused on the family because that's what made the, the the first one so great
0: but like how can that happen when like i'm not trying to like discredit anyone's abilities right but like the kid is like seven like he's probably more like 12 or something i don't know the girl's like 15 and then you got a new baby and a, and a woman who just had a baby right because like, they're
2: badass i,
0: I <laughs> like and mind you like i love a good out of this world film but like this film in a way was set in such a realistic tone like what would happen like Think about it. We would lose doctors. We would lose so many things. Like they couldn't just send off her cochlear implant to get a replacement piece. He had to like fiddle with it. They had no communication with people to get a new one. Like I I just want it to be – I don't want it to become so unrealistic. I get it that these are alien monsters from outer space on a meteorite, whatever. But I don't want it to be – like I don't want us to be going movie. from Iron Man to Endgame in one movie type thing is what I mean. I want it to build as well. Very slowly. I want them to do what they can and I want them to struggle still and I don't want it to be like, "Oh, so easy." I don't yeah. know. That's I, I'm not yeah. saying
2: that freaking Emily Blunt's about to like 360 no scope like these guys off of the top of the freaking Eiffel Tower or well, something she only has a like that too. Yeah, okay. Three yeah, then it doesn't have a scope. There you go. Three sixty <laughs> yeah, no scope. So. Well, I'm not like saying like that's gonna happen. I'm just saying that when it comes down to it, even if it's just like one like they find that there's one alien who's like it's not like it's like some like god or king of them or something, but maybe it has some sort of like mini extra or it's just like a strong one that's kind of been pursuing them the whole movie. It kinda comes down to like another like one v one fight where they've been having struggles and they have to like take them on So themselves.
0: this is starting to feel like the live, die, repeat film that Tom Cruise was in. And like Emily Brunt. Yeah. We're, oh my goodness. <laughs> this is freaking deja vu here. But like, that's what I'm meaning is like could it, could there be like a prime or something like that that has control of everyone? Could they like bring everyone in and set up a little traps for them? Like a, just, I don't know. Because I don't think I want them to
1: like
2: save the world that's like in about. this second one. I don't want them yes. to be like the world is, I just want them to like have some sort of, like, besides... Because, obviously, as we've seen in the trailers, she they're not just staying in the farmhouse, right? They're going out, and Cillian Murphy is kind of the one who will likely give them information about what's going on in the world. Likely give them some sort of objective, which will be, like, helping a certain group of people. And I'm hoping that they can do that and maybe take out, like, another, like, monster or little mini, like, set of the aliens. But, yeah, I don't want the world to be saved by conquering... Optimus prime alpha alien man who beams down from outer space in order to face emily blunt and millicent simmons hearing aid you know (laughs) so
0: that sounds like something that would have been ablived in rick and morty on like their their (laughs) inner inner interdimensional cable or whatever but i don't know i think i think whatever it is it's gonna be good I hope that they've taken the time to polish it up because the the actual initial initial release was in 2020. They did the first screening, and then they've had a year to work on it.
2: Um, Because it was, like, if I'm not mistaken, it was scheduled for, like, March, like, 20th, I believe. So, like, it was coming out. It wasn't like, hey, this is planned, and then, oh, no, we kind of missed some stuff. Like, it was ready to come out you know, and then just right as it was about to come out, because I remember Onward was March 6th, and I went and I saw that in theaters before everything shut down, so it was probably a week and a half or less away from being released when they nixed all the theaters and everything, so like, polish stuff up, or just like, make sure that everything is exactly how they want it to be. They probably had like, test audiences and stuff in that time, just like, many very strong, like, very small versions, and they're able to change some stuff, obviously, but I just – I don't want to be let down, but I'm also, like, super hyped, you know?
1: Hmm.
0: And that's that's the thing where I think we need to sit down and say whatever it is, we'll take it because it's not coming out as, like, a B film. Like, the original cast is reprising their roles as much as they can, right? But I think that, like, not to put John Krasinski in a corner, but, like, better be good type thing, right? Like, that's what I want. And I don't know. I think that the first film, like – has so many good qualities that i think that if they're smart they can carry him over successfully and we can continue to love the film the way that his original vision played out in the first as long as that's still the vision for the second
2: so let's say that um sorry i'm trying to remember the name one second um so let's say that get out jordan peele's directorial debut comes out and that's rated. I'm not saying like that it's perfect, but I'm just saying that that's at 100%, okay? Us comes out and I think the general opinion of most people is obviously Us is good, but it's not as good as Get Out. I personally would be like Us was good, not as good as Get Out. I'd be I'd say it's like 85-90% of like what like Get Out was as far as like what I liked and what I loved and it being different and stuff. Obviously it's not a sequel to the same movie. They've got John Krasinski releases A Quiet Place. It gets massive attention. Um, I could definitely be wrong, but I think nominated for Oscars in like sound design and sound editing and stuff like that, Um, which I obviously want to talk about the sound as well. The second one is coming out. I think if it can at least hit that like 85%, 90% of the first one, I will be like satisfied, you know, because to do something that would be as good or better than the first one, especially with the idea already being out there would be a major feat that would just be insane like that would be incredible and i would be happy if it happened but i think it's very unlikely so if it hits sort of like that range i will be pleased and at least like satisfied with what happened i'd be like okay this was like definitely like a worthwhile movie endeavor to have happen
0: I agree. I agree. Well, what's up? Let's break down a little bit more out of what the second film is going to be like. And tell me your favorite thing about this film.
1: I thought it was really cool to see an end of the world movie from the perspective of someone in middle America and not like in the big cities. Like I feel like a lot of the zombie movies we see are, are always taking place in like big metropolis areas, metropolitan areas. And uh, this one was just like, what would happen if the world broke down in a sm- and you lived in a small town? you know um i felt like it was more relatable having grown up in a small town that you can kind of see like in that moment where john krasinski's character goes up on top of the the big tower so, and lights the fire yeah and you see all the like fires pop up around town it's like or around the 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 forest or whatever now all of
2: china knows you're here (laughs) (laughs) i
1: just thought to myself it's just like oh like that's their support you know every night they go up to make sure everyone's doing okay and like if one of those fires burns out you know that something bad happened to steve down the street or whatever you know i thought it was really cool that like in these small towns you have these really tight-knit communities and they're probably all really helping each other if someone's crop doesn't grow one season you know i'm sure they're there helping each other out and So I thought that was really cool to see kind of this like perspective from a middle American family um, who just care about, you know, the community and the people that around them that they love. I thought that was a really cool thing. Um, Really surprised how well the horror actually, the scares worked for me this time around because I haven't seen this since the theater, but... The first couple of scares, I'm just like, ah, oh, this isn't going to be scary. I remember this making me jump or whatever, and the first couple of scares didn't get me. By the end of the movie, I jumped probably four times, including the time where Emily Blunt's in the shower and smacks and that the that wall. One you know? was, that got me good. I've
2: watched this movie multiple times since it came out because I, I bought it on Amazon Prime, and I've owned it. So I've watched it multiple times, and so I know like when most of them are coming up and stuff, I, I forgot about that one. I don't know what happened, but it happened and I jumped hard
1: yeah it gets, yeah. <laughs> It got yeah it got me too and then just like that this what's so impressive about this movie is it's a, it's a family drama at heart it's a horror uh like a like a jump scare horror but it also has the the kind of gore horror as well with the dang nail in the in the stairs like it's not like way gory like something like saw or something but the anticipation for someone to step on that nail it's worse than it actually happening. Worse than actually seeing it happening. And it, it, I felt that way both times having seen this movie. As soon as that nail pulls up, you just groan. It's just like, oh, I'm going to have to watch someone step on that freaking nail. <laughs> and when it happens, you just feel it, you know. And it's in the worst possible moment for this woman who's just like about to have a baby. There's monsters that just happen to like show up at that moment because bad things start happening. So it's just like everything is building up to this moment for her, this terrible situation, and then that dang nail. That she's, she's going down the stairs, and it's just like you're just not ready for it.
0: That one gets me every time, and and I don't know if you either of you have ever stepped on a nail. No, but but, but like I feel it so every time. It's just like remembering because I it went in my heel. When I was younger, like, I stepped on a nail and went to my heel. And I remember that every time. And so when she steps on it, I'm like, like, oh, this
1: woman <sighs> is so strong.
0: <laughs> yeah. I squealed like a little child because I was, like, 10. But, like, she just, like, literally, like.
1: It's just every time. I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> yeah. But everything that she goes through in this, just the the pain that she goes through, stepping on the nail, having the baby, and having to do it all in complete silence, and the build up to that moment when she's actually having the kid, where she just can't hold it anymore, and just like lets out that scream, and it just cuts, so you don't know whether or not she's going to die. Like it's just so well done throughout this whole thing. It's just, it's a really good family drama. Like I said, it's a really good horror movie. It's just everything is done so well, and it's just really impressive to me.
2: Me. Uh, in two ways um sound the way that they use sound and music throughout the movie is obviously one of the best parts of the entire uh film for me so sound both in the use of silence and in the use of jump scares and how they you know they play with like the alien's ears and what they're hearing and everything like that just like we mentioned it before Um, The experience of seeing this movie in the theater was something else just because of how much silence there was, because in the movie, you know, silence is literally something that was required for these people to stay alive. And so it wasn't just like, oh, yeah, like they're quiet, whatever, like you can feel how abnormal everything is because even in a regular daily activity like eating dinner or playing Monopoly these people are being as silent as possible so any sort of large sound makes you jump it makes you nervous it makes you just feel crazy to the point that you know watching this in the theater if you made any sort of sound you were Ready for that monster to come and So when we slice were slice through game, yeah,
0: Josh, when we watched this, I was eating like Taco Bell, like unwrapping <laughs> stuff. How dare so, you I, How dare you? <laughs> that's that what is... that's what I'm meaning is like it was it was scary to do that in the movie when you're watching it because you're like something's gonna get me but also people are like Shh yeah, dude, that's,
1: it. It, it's just such a quiet experience in the movie that you don't wanna be that person that's like you said, taking a bite of your popcorn and everyone in the theater, you feel like everyone in the theater can hear you, that chewing, you know? Just like.
0: Have you guys ever, like, tried to be as quiet as you can, like, when you're a little kid, like, playing hide-and-seek or something, and then everything, you hyper start hearing everything, like, you're breathing and just the way you do things? That's how I imagine half of this film was, is just hearing yourself breathe all the time, or, like, it's not quiet enough to you hear your blood flow, right? But you're, like that would be so weird to have to be that quiet all the time for me yeah
2: so they just use that they use silence and they use like when they do make sounds and the the noises that the aliens make especially like with their ears or whatever like that sort of like it's I I know it's not because they're just listening they're not like using like sonar or something but it just sounds like that with like the clicking and whatever uh, that's really freaky, and I love it. And so, just like sound, obviously, is just one of the hugest, craziest parts of this movie that made it so amazing, and it made it such a different experience to watch in the in the theater. And then I was talking about this earlier with Casey, like the unsung, like amazing part of this movie that made me emotional and that helped with me caring about this family, was the music. And they don't have a ton of music in the movie, but they have a couple of main themes which recur. When there's danger, they have that sort of deep, low string, you know, thing that's going on. And that makes it really intense while also not like drowning out anything that's happening. Because hearing what's going on is a huge part of this film. And it's amazing. And then that very slow, beautiful, melodic, just like simple piano. like It's like a soft piano theme that replays multiple times when there are moments in the family like when she goes to the the grave or the the place where her brother died when he is there signing i've loved you i've always loved you to millicent right before he screams and lets the alien get him just that music returning throughout the film and the way that they use it because it has to be so light that it doesn't take away you know like most films but this film even more so you have to make sure that music is not doing anything to overpower it and to only use music in the right moments to not, you know, overplay like they have to let them know that it's being silent, you know? But then when they use it, it's just so beautiful and amazing that it makes it pushes the point forward of caring about the characters, making it seem intense or whatever it needs to do perfectly. Like the music is definitely not as much mentioned for this film, and the last couple times that I've seen it or seen scenes from the movie, it's what I've thought about. So, seen scenes,
0: seen <laughs> <laughs> scene kids. That's what it is. Throw so oh. back to 2009. Case,
2: uh, I think it was your question, and now we've gotten back to you. Your favorite part of
0: this film? I think that my part's going to be a little bit different than your guys's. Um, I want to say that I love you guys have talked about because i think that those are huge components Uh, i want to highlight a couple of things which we've talked about in ways but i love the relationship building Um, especially where like being a teenager is hard enough but this this girl is just like in a quiet world where the technology that's supposed to help her connect with people is not working and she is at fault for you know the death of her brother potentially it's not really her fault right but in her mind I don't know. Is it her fault? That's the argument.
1: I, I mean, that was one of the things. Is like everyone in the movie blamed them, blamed themselves. Yeah. Um. She blamed herself for giving the toy to the kid. Uh. The mom blamed herself for not having carried the kid. The dad blames himself for not, you know, paying more attention. Like, I don't think it was really anyone's fault. I think that it just happened. And if you you know, if you sit there and you fester and you think about it, you can find a way to blame yourself or something. But and I wasn't there myself, the so
2: this is all how they're dealing with it. A year later, it's well, not like the next week. It was that happened on day eighty-nine or whatever it was. Now we're on day four seventy, whatever. So we're nearly a year into the future, past that moment, and obviously the family is still very strongly dealing with that situation
0: well and and that's that's what the wild thing is is like we're watching this family cope right we're watching this family struggle we're watching this family try to like piece their lives back together and be as constructive as they can without like i don't know about you guys but like all the time i pull the dad i pull lee at the waterfall when i'm frustrated i will just yell i love to yell and let things out like not because I'm like angry and I'm like cussing someone out, but like, there's nothing better than a good yell to like de-stress. It's just, ah, you know, like, and you can laugh in it can be angry. It can be whatever it is. But like, I think the, what we see about the interpersonal relations of the family are super challenging and very hard. And it, it gives like a depth of reality that we don't talk about, which is that the grieving process takes a lot of time and that the communication needs to be there, even in silence. And that last kind of the last communication from Lee to her is just one of the most beautiful things to me. Um, because his last act was to save his children, right? And to let his daughter know that he loved her. Uh, another thing that I really thought was interesting, especially when we go into the little details and the world building of this, is Josh and I kinda talked about it. We were like, Where did all the sand come from? you know? And like those kind of little thoughts, those little things that we didn't really I would have never thought about that. Like also it bothered me. I can't wear shoes in this world. Like, I don't know. Like when I leave my house, I'm in my shoes. That's, that's my thing. And, um, but just kind of those, those details that they had thought out, like when you're watching the movie, you're like, yeah, 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 that makes sense. And I mean, even after watching this film, like I'm like, should I like mark down on my floor? Like where is it going to squeak? You know, things like that. And then another thing that I really, I really liked was just, the same thing as vince so i guess i can't be like oh you know this was just great but i liked how it was in rural america it kind of reminded me a little bit of tremors in that way where it's just kind of out there in the middle of nowhere and i love that about it because sorry city people the world doesn't revolve around you there there are lots of us everywhere you know and i i love that because i can't it's always funny like if i think of a if a natural disaster is gonna happen i'm like i'm gonna go to my dad's farm (laughs) like that's where i'm running to very first is like Down to the sticks, because I know that there's stuff down there. And having watched The Hunger Games and kind of reading the books, I'm like genius. Could go out hunt a squirrel, you know, like stuff like this. Like how could I quietly do things and and just wondering about the world and 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 the way it is. And like for me, like even though I love so much about the smallness of it, like we're here, we're in this little unit of a family. I also want to know like what's going on elsewhere. Like does, did the UK build a giant wall to keep the, keep the bad guys out? Did are the Russians defeating them with their vodka? Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it's just all these things that I want to know, but I really just loved how, like how small, but detailed the world we experienced was like the details are what mattered. And like I said earlier, I'm just your casual movie going person and I enjoy movies, but the details in this were what made it the relationships um, just just the little things is what I love that made the movie better. And I also love the resourcefulness of the people. They showed that we could really stand up. Like, we don't know anything about these people who knows, maybe they were off grid hippies living on their own little commune. Right. But like they had to adapt and change things. So the mom is teaching the kid like maths and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know. It was just, that's what I liked about it.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, not to backtrack too far, but when you're talking about the relationships and the details And you mentioned, you know, his final act was to, you know, sacrifice himself for his children and let his daughter know that he loved her. That was obviously a big part of the movie as far as, like, letting her know that he obviously didn't blame her for what had happened and that he was just there to be her father and was always going to be there for her. But it was also foreshadowed earlier when he was talking to his son. Um when he like asked her like, "Hey, do you blame her?" and he's like, "No, of course not," blah, blah. and I love her and all this stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, "You should like tell her that, like you should let her know." Um, that is the exact same day that they go back. The lights are red, and this entire sequence of events happens. This insane action sequence where most of the movie lives is when he says that, like, "Hey, you should, you know, tell her and let her know." So not only is it saying, "Hey, like I love you guys," like. You know anyone would if they knew they were about to to die at the hands of an alien but it's a it's a more personal and emotional thing because he's not just saying it to her he's saying hey i've loved you i've always loved you and letting her know that it's this love for her which exists and letting her know that he does not blame her and just sort of being clear and so not only giving her that love but he's also like giving her the closure of something that she really needed before he passed away so i thought that was something that was super cool that i hadn't really noticed before that was kind of foreshadowed in that earlier part of the film
0: but what a beautiful thing to be able to know that your dad's last thing he did was like you know that he loved you like what a cool thing um especially in such a scary time and i also want to talk about how cool that light system was since you just brought it up i hadn't thought about that until now like what a cool way to communicate like, he had strung that – he had planned this out so well. Like, it was, like, a unit, and then he had different paths into the house from different areas, and so that's pretty freaking yeah. sweet. I have to say that. Well, not only that, like, the light system
2: could mean a couple different things. It's just meant to be mean like, hey, danger, like, get here, help us, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and luckily for her, she was down in the basement, and she turned it on, like, when she – like felt the baby coming she turned on the lights to red before she even knew that the monsters were there because she was going down to the basement to turn them on because her water broke and that's when she stepped on the nail and she was like oh crap and so she dropped like the picture or whatever she had which i believe is the reason that the alien shows up was because she dropped that and it shattered and so even though she's doing her best to hold it in he still heard that and's like come in or she i don't know um but then she goes and she turns it on. And then as she goes to go back upstairs, it's one of those jump scares where just all of a sudden the aliens in the house at the top of the stairs. And she's just like, well, good thing those lights are red. Cause as soon as he sees it, he'll come around. And so that was crazy. Just so many action scenes in this movie were intense and thrilling. Like the scene where they fall into the corn silo. That's just intense. And with the, monster like you said like tearing through metal and them just trying to stay afloat with on their like little titanic metal raft thing you know in the the sea of corn like
0: proves that there was room for jack
2: <laughs> exactly and then um the end sequence after lee sacrifices himself but the monster still finds its way down to them where she learns and understands that not only like was her dad trying to help her, but this is also the thing that can help us defeat the monsters. The CGI with that monster at the end, when you have the full fledged look at it and when that stuff is happening and the armor is just peeling back, it's just so gritty and gruesome. But like, like, is it weird to say like gorgeous, like the way that that CGI was, it was just so intricate and I loved it. And then just the fact that, you know, shotguns it to the face and then leaves us with the ambiguous ending when the other ones come running i just there were so many good like scenes in this movie that made it a good action and horror movie alongside being an incredible family drama that was so original with something that had really never been done before so
0: and i don't feel like any of the jump scares were cheap in this in my opinion i don't feel like they were just cheap for theatrical thrill i thought that they were there and well they were well paced and well positioned
2: (laughs) raccoons my favorite one (laughs) (laughs)
0: maybe not my favorite but like the first one's like oh oh
2: it's just a raccoon blah 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 and then the freaking where it just smushes it
0: how many wildlife do you think are just gone now that's what's wild (laughs) to me like probably a lot wildlife wild (laughs) i don't know vince any last words any last thoughts on this movie
1: no i i really like it i thought it was really well done and really unique and i feel like a lot of people tried or a few have tried to copy what they've done, like with Bird Box, like come up with some kind of gimmick that and make a horror movie out of it and just failed completely. You know, I really did not like Bird Box, but they they took a very unique and a very interesting idea and just made, spun gold out of it. It's just a great, great movie.
2: So here we are just hoping for even a little bit of that same gold in the second one, so...
0: Cross your heart and hope it's good, because we want a good one. Also, I've never seen Bird Box, but I also don't want to go anywhere with the actress who uh, is what's Sandra her name? Bullock. Sandra Bullock, I've, she gets like kidnapped and has terrible times all the time in movies. Um, I was going to say, she's
1: great. What do you have
0: against seriously? her? Oh, I think she's a great actress. <laughs> I'm, just, a bus like I'm a I'm just maniac. saying, like, there are times. But I did hear, and I did look into something. Um, I, I kind of, like, turned on, like, one of the features about the sound and stuff like that. And they said that John Krasinski and, like, the people who are, like, leading the cast and stuff like that and the team, they actually were like, you have to be quiet on the set. So they made everyone actually learn to do it more so that, like, the people, like, the actors and, like, it could be more of like the quiet, and it could bring like a different element to the shooting and production of it as well. So yeah, that's cool. Well, guys, uh, let's hope a Quiet Place Two is great. A Quiet Place One was wonderful. If I had two thumbs, I'd give them both as a green light from me. Um, but yeah, we'll catch you next time. Uh, if there's nothing else to say, once again, thank you so much for tuning into the Pod Ryan Play podcast, and we will catch you next time.